0: Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. I want to take a different approach today, still staying in our Family Matters. Series, but I want to uh, take us through a journey in Scripture and then um, tell a story throughout that journey. And then in the end, I want to wrap it up and, and talk about how God has um, let it apply to our lives. The purpose of our series, the purpose of this Family Matters series, if this is your first week in being with us during this series, is to help reinforce our relationships. It's about community. Um family's the smallest unit of community. And so we we want to have a healthy home. Pastor spoke of it just a few moments ago. We want our homes to impact our world. And healthy families are made up of healthy individuals. And something I need you to know about me if you do not know is that I love coffee. Like, love is not maybe a strong enough word to describe my feelings. I feel like we are in a committed relationship. It is very much a covenant, and I love coffee. I love that Pastor even spoke last week about his support for my love for coffee and how he comes and he cleans up my dribbles on countertops. I appreciate that. Um, In our 21 years of marriage, I have been blessed to accumulate a number of different avenues and mechanisms for which to get the coffee inside of me. I have um like a traditional coffee pot, you know, the 12-cup pot, Mr. Coffee, I think is what it is. And you put the grounds in the top, you know, if you if you're a coffee drinker, you're familiar, fill the water up. I have a 12-cup pot like that and I wait for it to percolate in the morning and I smell it and then I pour it and ah, oh, I get the coffee. And I have a smaller version of that same pot. It's a four-cup pot, and it's like I bought it for when we camp. We don't camp a lot, but if we happened to camp, I would need my coffee. So I have this little four-cup, also traditional-type coffee pot. And then I have two French press coffee pots, one glass, one stainless. Um, if you're not familiar with the French press, let me, let me teach you. Um, you. You put your grounds, and it's best with fresh grounds, um, but you put your grounds in, and you get your water not to boiling, but almost boiling, and you pour it over your grounds, and you stir really well, and then you put the lid on top, and you let it set three to five minutes, and then you press French press. You press that filter all the way down. It holds your grounds at the bottom, and then above that press is the coffee, the yummy goodness nectar of the gods, right there. I have two of those. I also have a Keurig in my office at school. Um, That's the one that holds the little pot. You know, it's just one instant little cup. You fill the reservoir with water. You put your little K-cup in there. You shut it, and the lights blink, and they're like, coffee, 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 and you put your cup in there, and you press the button, and it fills your cup, and I last have oh no no I also have a percolator the old time you know the you put the grounds in the top and you set the thing on in there and you set it on the stove and that is because if you lose electricity and you have a gas stove you get your little clicker out you can still have coffee and then lastly I have a pour over Let me teach you about the pour over. It's just a little, um, I bought... My my good friend Ann and Alan, they also share in my obsession and love and committed relationship for coffee. And so Alan told me where to get the best deal on a pour-over. And so it's a little plastic thing that you set on top of your mug, and you put your filter in it, and you put your grounds inside of that. And then again, you get your water not quite boiling, and you have great control over flavor. And you just pour that over those grounds, and it seeps through into your mug, and it's an instant, instant cup of amazingness. And so... I have all of those. So if you want to come to my house, I will make you any kind of coffee you want. I would love to do that, just you and I. Yes. Okay, so I'm kind of a coffee snob. Like, I'll drink all coffee, any coffee, but I prefer a dark roast coffee. And my, my sweet little German friend that I worked with for a couple of years has introduced me to German coffee. You can order it on Amazon, y'all. It will be at your door in two days love it. So good. You can also get it at Aldi's, and if you are fortunate enough to shop at the commissary, they have it there, too. I don't have that privilege, but um, I like, and I like my creamer. I will do powdery creamer if I have to, but I like my creamer. I don't want my coffee sweet. I, snob may be an ugly word, but I'm particular about my coffee, and the I I used to just use water from the tap, and then I realized it was really hard on my coffee pot. I'm going somewhere. For those of you that have checked out and you're like, I hate coffee. Will she shut up? I'll pray for you, but I am going somewhere. Um, I used to use water from the tap, but then I realized that it was really hard on my coffee pot, and I, I was having to replace them, and it was putting this white gunk in there. And so I started using my filtered water, and so that's all that I use now. But, um... The end result, the coffee, is only as good as the ingredients we put in. So if I use not-so-good grounds, then my coffee's not so good. And if my water's too hot, it kind of has a bitter taste. And if it's not hot enough, then it's, we just save it for later and we do iced coffee. I mean, it's, it's, it's only as good as the quality ingredients that I use. And the same is true for our families. The outcome is a sum of the parts. And so healthy families are made up of healthy individuals. It's healthy families working together toward a common purpose. Healthy individuals all coming together toward a common purpose leads to healthy families. And we are a sum of our individual parts. And so today in our family matters, I want to focus on the health of the individual in that family. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you that by design, it was your idea for us to lead healthy whole lives. Scripture tells us that by your stripes at Calvary, we are healed. And so healing isn't something that I come to you about and is foreign to you. It is very much your design for my life. And so today, God, as we we dig into your word and we look at the truths of your word and and how it would apply to our life and the journey that we're going to travel in this individual's life, I just pray that you would show us the areas where we need healing. And that you would give us the courage to go after it. In your name, amen. If you have your Bible, please turn to Mark chapter 5. If not, it will be on the screens behind me. We are going to begin in Mark 5, 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but grew worse when she heard about jesus she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment for she said if only i may touch his clothes i shall be made well immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt it felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction and jesus immediately knowing in himself that the power had gone out of him turned around in the crowd and said who touched my clothes But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Here is a woman who has been sick for 12 years. 12 years. My first thought in reading this is how inconvenient that must have been for her. We are very much a society of convenience, and I I know I speak for myself, that there are times, and it's happened to me lately, where I have that echoey thing in my ear where I can hear what I say a second time, and that really upsets me it's that it's frustrating you know you hear it, it's like maybe there's water trapped and it's very inconvenient and i complain about it a lot and here we have this woman who has been hemorrhaging for 12 years for 12 years she has lived isolated hidden from society all alone dealing with her pain dealing with her her suffering and we see in these first few verses That her sickness had come at a great cost to her. When I read this passage in the message version, it said, A long succession of physicians had treated her, and treated her badly, taking all her money and leaving her worse off than before. She had given everything financially to rid herself of this sickness, but only to be sicker than when she started. The doctors were taking her money, but they were not really helping her. They were not giving her any, any uh, direction, any healing, any relief from what she was going through. And this poor lady has given everything. And while Scripture doesn't go into complete detail, her expense was far greater than just her finances. Sick, this sickness had cost her mentally, socially, emotionally, relationally, She was spent on every front and in every way. And Mark doesn't have to spell it out because as he's writing this and he's he's telling her story, he's talking to people who understood more than maybe what we understand today. So it wasn't necessary for him to go into full detail. But this woman with her issue of blood in the day was considered defiled. She was spoiled, she was contaminated, she was tarnished. Old Testament law called her unclean. Numbers 19:22 says whatever an unclean person touches becomes unclean. So this cost her far more than her picking up her pocketbook. It was costing her everything. And for 12 solid years this lady had kept to herself in her sickness. She lived broken, hurting, giving everything within her power, but for no relief, seeing no improvement. But then she heard about Jesus. And so today, on this day, she decided to risk it all. What choice did she have? I mean, have you ever been in that place where I have no other choice. I'm just going to go for it. What, 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 what could it cost me? What would it matter? She had no other choice for the last 12 years. She has lived an indescribably horrific existence, if that's what you even want to call it. And so let's pause for a moment. And let's look at this same account. I'm going to back up a little bit further. But let's look at this same story, because both, all three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all share this woman's story. How, how important was it for it to make Scripture that three of the four disciples in their writing, they all put this into Scripture. And so let's look at Mark. I'm sorry, Luke. We're in Mark. Let's look at Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to back up a little bit further and, and read to you a few Scriptures before we are introduced to our lady here. Luke chapter eight verse forty, so it was when Jesus returned, the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus's feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, twelve years of age, and she was dying. But he went, with the multitude. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now, a woman having a flow of blood of 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Did you catch it? I'll read it one more time and I'll emphasize. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man, Jairus, and he was ruler of the synagogue and fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came and came behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately, her flow of blood stopped. We're fully aware. We've talked in length of our our lady here who has been very sick, downright sick, lonely, keeping to herself, considered defiled, considered unclean for 12 years. But in those same horrible, terrible, defiled, contaminated, ruined 12 years, we have Jairus, whose baby girl has been living. She has brought nothing but joy and laughter to their home. And just like our lady here, Jairus, has heard about Jesus. And so we have two people for two very different reasons on the road that day reaching out to the master. Jesus has sought, um, Jairus has sought Jesus out to resurrect his joy. To bring back to him his daughter. His beautiful home has been filled with laughter because of her. There have been family vacations, family portraits, all of these beautiful things. He saw her first steps. He held her when she teethed and cried. It has been a beautiful, wonderful social engagement filled 12 years. But in those same 12 years, Our Lady has experienced anything but joy. And she too has sought Jesus out for resurrection but a different kind of resurrection. She needs him to resurrect joy, but in a whole different way and in a whole different arena. And she is willing to go to great lengths, at great risk to reach out and to touch him. Knowing all too well that her pers- about her personal uncleanliness. I read to you from Numbers that if an unclean thing touches any other thing, it too becomes unclean. And so she jeopardizes it all. And she reaches through the crowd Desperately grasping for the one, the one who is currently traveling to this very important public figure's home. What could she cost Jairus by reaching out and touching Jesus? What if it changed Jesus altogether? She knows that he's on his way to heal this little girl. This beautiful little girl, and here she's had this horrible, terrible life. Why don't I just let him go and do what he's on the path to go and do? Why would I risk it all? But in faith, she reaches through the crowd and she touches him. She didn't know the outcome. Everything that she knew to be true would say that if I touch him in my uncleanliness, he too will become unclean. What a beautiful picture of faith. Doing the thing that flies in the face of what I know to be true and expect a different outcome. Such a beautiful, beautiful picture of faith. Because instead of making him unclean, he made her clean. She didn't have the power to make him unclean. He made her clean. Looking back at Mark 5, verse 34, again, this comes from the message. It says, Jesus said to her daughter... You took a risk of faith. And now you're healed and whole. Live well. Live blessed. Be healed of your plague. Jesus declared she was healed, but he also declared that she was whole not just healed, not only did her issue of blood stop and she knew that she had healing, that was why she was there. That was why she chose to re- risk it all. That was why she re- reached through the crowd and grabbed his robe. That was why she was willing to lay it all down Was for this issue of blood to stop. She was healed, but she was also made whole. He restored back to her everything that she had lost in and because of this st- sickness for her 12 years of uncleanliness and so now let me transition to us the individual parts of our family let's focus on how this relates to us and how God wants to not only heal us but make us whole all of us are like this woman in some way or another We've all found ourselves pouring our resources into something and not seeing it become any better. My mama would say that's throwing good after bad. Maybe for you it isn't a physical issue. Maybe you've been pouring your money into a vehicle and, every, and it doesn't matter what you do, it's not getting any better. And maybe it's a money pit house, and when you fix this leak, another leak pops up, and it doesn't matter what you do, it's not getting any better. Maybe it's a legal matter. Maybe you just feel like, it doesn't matter what I do, it's not going to get any better, but still, you're throwing good after bad. How can you relate? What hidden thing has shoved you in a corner, isolated you from society, pulled you out of normal life, plucked you from those around you, held you hostage and screaming, you're unclean? Maybe it's a past hurt, a regret, a moral failure, a crime. What is it? What is that thing today? Regardless of the details, he is able. And not only is he able, he has made himself reachable for you today. First service of this series, pastor said that, We were designed with a purpose. Today in our prayer time, we revisited that idea that not only am I designed with a purpose, this overarching purpose of my life, today was designed with a purpose. This moment for me was designed with a purpose. We all were designed. I've been given a purpose as an individual. I've been given a purpose in my family. I've been given a purpose in this family and in this day. She was designed with a purpose. On Thursday night at Rhonda's home at our Bible study, let me just put another plug in for small groups. If you're not a part of a small group, you need to be a part of a small group. It's a great opportunity to connect with like-minded people, to share your hurts, your desires, your pains, your victories, have people pray with you, check on you. But a question was shared Thursday night about... And I I don't remember exactly the question, but basically it was, what is it that keeps us from pouring our our petitions out to God? What is it that keeps us from asking him, maybe for healing, asking him for breakthrough? What is it? And so I shared with the ladies that for me, probably my very earliest memory was, it is my earliest memory. Is It's a nightmare, and it's, it's actually a, a nightmare about being forgotten. And I think that in a way that's kind of overarched my life, that I would be forgotten. That I'm replaceable. Or interchangeable. That I didn't really matter. And so why would Jesus bother touching me? Because I'm forgettable. And so I'm so grateful for this lady's story. This insignificant, unnamed lady. Scripture: Three men write about her and not one of them tells us her name. She is unnamed. She is insignificant, as society would call her. But it is by faith that she reaches out and she touches him. She takes a chance that Jesus would heal her. She didn't wait to see if he would touch her. She didn't sit back and think, if I'm worthy, he'll stop in the crowd. He'll notice me and he'll touch me. If I'm worth healing, he will heal me. He made himself touchable and she took a risk and she reached out and touched him and he is the same today. He has made himself touchable for you to reach out, take the risk. He knows, he knows what plagues you. He knows the thing that limits you, that limits your effectiveness. How are you limited as an individual? How are you limited in your home? How are you limited in our community, in your workplace, in this body? He knows that thing and he's made himself available. He has made himself touchable. Pastor said that God has called every family to set their household in order, it is by his design. But in order for us to have corporate order, we have to have individual order. Again, the sum is only as good as the parts. And so I have to have individual order. I have to bring personal order to my life. I'm not gonna let anything stop me. I'm not gonna let any mindset limit me that would consider would I consider that I'm worthy of his touch? Let me just tell you, you are worthy of his touch. You are worthy. Reach out and touch him. You touch him. Push beyond the crowd. Push beyond the doubt. Push beyond the negativity. That little negativity meeting that happens in your head, dismiss it. Let it go. Kick it out. Push beyond Jesus, the Holy One, the one who knew no sin, who never missed the mark, who was never dirty, defiled, unclean, tarnished in any way, never has made himself touchable. You are not too dirty to touch him. Your uncleanliness cannot get on him. And so today, touch him. Declare for yourself. That you are healed and you are whole. Amber, if you'll come to the keyboard. I'm going to ask each of you to please stand up. Bow your heads with me. Let me read to you 34 again in Mark 5 from the message. It said, Daughter, you took a risk of faith. And now you're healed and whole. Live well. Live blessed. Be healed of your plague. Those words ring through eternity and speak to us today. Jesus, our clean, our spotless Savior, the one enabling us to set our households in order, is saying live well and live blessed. Your living well and your being blessed is His idea. He calls you worthy of healing. He calls you worthy of cleaning. You are exceptional to Him. Acts 11.9 says, What God has made clean, do not call common. Oh, you are not common. You are not regular. You are not simple. You are not interchangeable. You are rare. You are exceptional. You are created for purpose. And so if you need healing, come. Come to this altar area. Come and don't ask him to touch you. You reach out and you touch him. He is touchable for you today. If you've made up your mind, I'm going to touch him. I'm not leaving from here until I touch him. Come. And if you say, I will not be the limiter to myself and to my family. I will not be the one that is the weak link that breaks setting our household in order. I want to touch him. I want to live well. I want to live blessed. I want to live healed and whole. Come. Come. Let us pray for you. What God has cleaned, we will not call common. We are not common. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. And the matchless Savior has called us and equipped us with a plan and a purpose for this moment, for this day, for our families. You are valuable. You are valuable. So come. Come and let us stand beside you, behind you, offer courage to you as you reach out and touch him. The one who has made himself very much touchable for you today. He has made himself available to you. You are not a bother. I don't care what's been spoken over you. You are worthy. Oh, Jesus, touch these that have come. You that are up here, just begin to pray. Call out that place that's held you in bondage. Maybe that thing that you've been afraid to confess. and just trust as you call it out that he is there ready for you to reach out and touch him and you can't tarnish him you can't break him he is ready and he is willing to declare you healed to declare you whole to des- to restore back to you all that the that this world has worked to rob from you. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 945 for Sunday school and at 1030 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, Please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Berkman, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us after it. Till I found myself face down on your shore, you say, Come to me.